Welcome to the Tree Hole. People are dying. I am Taylor. And I am Ashley. And this is uh, the K-Hole for uh, we're covering season 11, episode 5 we of are. Keeping Up with the Kardashians. This is episode 5, right? It is episode 5, and it's called Lions and Tigers and Texts. Oh my. I think I made that same joke last week after we finished recording, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this episode. I don't know. I have mixed feelings on this episode, but we can get into that later. What is going on in the real world? All right. In the real world, earlier this week, it was both Mason and Rain Disick's respective birthdays. They are born on the same day. Mason turned six. Uh, Rain turned one. On that same day, North quote unquote tweeted from Kim's account because the cousins can never have anything for themselves. Ever. Ever. Um, Scott did not wish his children a happy birthday on social media. He instead promoted his New Year's Eve appearance at One Oak. So we see how things are going for him. In related news, there is a rumor uh, flying around that Courtney and Justin Bieber are hooking up. This rumor was picked up by Gossip Cop, who, uh, as an outlet, is actually known for having a close relationship with celebrity publicists, which su- suggests that whether or not this information is true, at least someone in the equation wants to suggest that it is. So, take that as you will. They were spotted leaving a nightclub together. Uh, very recently, Kanye tweeted that he is quote-unquote finishing his latest album. We've heard that before. And just we announced have. today... Chloe is getting a new show on E. It's going to be a makeover show. I think the tentative title is Revenge Body. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, I feel weird about that just because I feel for Lamar a little bit, and we'll get into that in this show. But, like, all right, Chloe. All right. Why not? We see you. Um Interesting. I actually didn't know that until just now. I didn't know she was going to get another show. It, I literally read this like 15, 20 minutes ago. So. Alrighty. That revenge body, huh? Yeah. Look forward to it. She's going to be helping women get their revenge bodies, I guess. There's like six episodes and two women per episode. How could that get fucked up? <laughs> we'll I see, see this going really well. um awesome well i mean i i do want to get into this episode but first i just there's something i really really need to get off my chest it has been weighing down on me for weeks now and i just can't hold it in any longer where the fuck is rob (laughs) this is a new weekly segment called where the fuck is rob in which we speculate whether or not he is chained up in the basement at this point. Where the fuck is he? Dude, is he okay? Can you issue an Amber Alert for endangered adults? I tried tweeting Amber Alert and then a bunch of cops showed up. And it was weird because I was at work. 
But I, I mean, like, seriously, where is he? Has he been posting to social media? He posted about Kylie's lip kit, which went back on, was was in stock again this week. But uh, he posted about Kylie's lip kit, not about the birth of his nephew, nor about the birthdays of his other nephews. You know, here's the here's the one thing about Rob that I will say is that he is so possibly not real, you know, <laughs> that every time he does post anything on the internet, it goes viral instantly, like everyone knows. Yeah, that's true. It's wild. I also, I just want to take, take us back to five weeks ago when he posted on Instagram, I'm looking at this right now, to celebrate his mom's birthday. The picture, first of all, is a poorly cropped Getty Images paparazzi yes, shot. Yes. There's no filter. The caption is, Mama, I love you, two exclamation points. P.O.P. holding it down. I just closed, here we go. Happy birthday to my beautiful mama. And then he used two tongue emojis, a devil emoji, oh my God. three tongue emojis, oh my God. two devil emoji, or uh, sorry, four devil emojis, oh my God. six sad face purple devil emojis, three more tongues, two more of the purple devils, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hearts, plus like five unidentifiable emojis right now. <laughs> um, disturbing on many levels, which leads me to my next question. Is he okay? Does he have a dog now? Are you looking at his Instagram? Does he have a dog? Whose dog is that? Whose bed is that? Whose computer is that? Did he even take this picture? Is Rob still alive? Then he posted another Instagram six weeks ago of his sister's book cover. Yes. Which she's posing nude for. Um, and the caption, I'm in love with the Coco. Check out my all caps beautiful sister's new book out today. Yes. Man. So he's posted birthday posts for all of his sisters, uh, an Instagram video of Malcolm X. He posted a birthday post for Bill Murray. Nothing about any nieces or nephews. Who is managing this account? Who's making this calendar? I don't, and you know what? I do want to point out one thing. He made not one but four birthday posts for Kim. He did proving that she is everyone's favorite. But these are one hundred percent like screenshots from someone's ripped YouTube upload of their yes. uh, vacation to. I want to say this was the Dominican Republic. What is with all the bulldogs on his page? I'm trying to figure out if they're all the same dog, and I just don't no, know. No, they're not. They definitely are not. You're right, they're not. The little puppies, not nah, different. But no, who's, the who's adult dog? dog might be the same one. No. Okay. <laughs> Definitively, no. <laughs> you are the dog owner. All right. Rob, let us know you're okay. Let us know you're still out there designing socks. Dude, literally, just a tweet. Like, we're worried about you. Anyways, caveat, that was this week's the edition. The is it cannot be a throwback pick. We need to know that you are physically okay in this moment. Just send us a picture of your wrist. That's all we need. <laughs> Anyways, this concludes um, this week's edition of Where the Fuck is Rob? I hope I never have to do this again because I just want to know that he's safe. That's it. <laughs> All right, let's get into this episode. 
Let's do that. Um, so for those of you who need a bit of a refresher, we had a couple of storylines once again this week. First and foremost, Chloe getting her groove back, going to Mexico, only to be set back by evil Disney queen, Kris Jenner. Secondly, we have Kylie's first drinking appearance. She wasn't drinking. Other people were allowed to drink. She was super uncomfortable. Not really. She was there for like 15 minutes and then bounced. Managed to complain about the length of time she had to be there. I don't know. I want to get rich enough that I can complain about having to do 20 minutes of work. Same. Then we also have in the background of all of this leading up to the, uh, the very intense end of this episode... Chris's ongoing relationship with Lamar, her refusal to cut ties, that got really intense. And you know what? Typical Chris. And at the top of this episode, Chris's quote-unquote pregnancy scare, which was hyped up on Twitter by all of the official Kardashian accounts prior to the airing of this episode. When I tuned in, I expected this to be the goddamn A-plot. Chris Jenner might be carrying Corey Chris Gamble's Jenner baby. is like 90 years old. Did you really <laughs> think there was a chance that she was going to be pregnant? Also, I like how she just kept saying like, it's it's the hormone cream. It's the estrogen cream. Why is she using estrogen cream? Oh, I was in the middle of Googling that and then I lost interest. Yeah the eternal problem for Chris. Also, um, like, the fact that she has a question about pregnancy, so she goes to Courtney. Right? Who just tells her to call her doctor. Who Courtney is has 50 kids! Courtney has 50 kids! What the fuck does she know about preventing a pregnancy? Okay? But also... Chris! <laughs> Courtney tells Chris to call her doctor, which is what... Chris should have done in the first place. No, Chris the is doctor, an, an adult woman with 60 kids. How did she not know to call the doctor? Note that the doctor is available to speak with Chris Jenner right away. This is not <laughs> staged at all. It's just a happy coincidence. And he immediately puts the kibosh on this whole thing. <laughs> and we never revisit it again. At all. It was just there. Did you also catch the doctor's name? No. Paul Crane. Yes, wait, I do remember that and I do remember if it was one if it was connected to Todd Cranes. I mean obviously Famous Todd Cranes. I miss that. I miss those days. Those were some lighter days. Absolutely. Some more fun days. Um we also had a bonus, like useless plot in this episode um and i think it kind of flew under the radar for some people um but throughout this episode Corey gamble was apparently under the impression that he was the new patriarch of the kardashian jenner clan he kept referring to the grandchildren as his grandkids he kept referring to grown kardashian children as babies, the baby, the babies, my babies. What the fuck, Corey? That was so weird. Did that weird you out as much as it weirded me out? It like really weirded me out. What we really should have gotten instead of any of what you just described was a scene where Chris Jenner tells Corey Gamble that she thinks she's pregnant. I would have taken that. That would have been great. I would have loved to have seen Corey 
try to work through that scene. That would have been prime time Tuesday night on CBS level drama. Yes. And I would have been so down for that versus Corey Gamble telling 30 something. I don't know. How, how old is Chloe? Chloe's in her 30s. Chloe is like, okay. Chloe is like three years younger than Corey. Yes, his, his, I don't know what the word is for someone who's the same age as you, basically. Contemporary. Contemporary. Telling his own contemporary, which is like, oh, I think I'm sick, saying, not my poor baby. What the fuck is wrong with you? Let's also remember that all of Chris's daughters talk about not knowing Corey very well. All of them. And this whole little, oh, let's not forget the fact that Corey Gamble invites himself to Mexico on this sister trip. And Chloe's response is, oh, you can go. That's not an invitation. (laughs) That was so weird. There was just so much weirdness. And I gotta say, Corey really took over this episode for me. And not in a good way. No. No. I'm telling you, this season is all about establishing the new supporting characters. I Corey hate Gamble, it. Jonathan Cheban, Tyga. Maybe James Harden is on the horizon. One can only hope that he will swoop in and save the quality of the supporting oh cast. Oh my god. Do you know what moment we need to talk about that we haven't talked about and I can't believe it hasn't come up five times already? What? When the... Um, big cat sanctuary dude invites Corey into the lion's den quite literally Corey is trying to play it off like he's not scared right he's like no 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 like I just uh, like I gotta think about it's not fear like I'm not scared my heart isn't racing but like you know I lived a good life I got a woman I love (laughs) total hesitation on camera (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. They they hit that they hit that though a couple times. I think Kendall says, "Oh yeah, he loves my mom." They're just casually introducing that idea as though we're supposed to believe that this is an actual intimate relationship. Can we talk about the fact that what they are doing, what Chris Jenner and Ryan Seacrest are doing on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, is basically what a newly divorced mom does to get her kids used to the idea that she's dating again? <laughs> They're like, listen, here's Corey. Here's Corey. He's not the same dude you're used to. He's kind of weird. I don't even know if I like him that much, but I just want you to understand that this may be happening. And we're just, I'm not down. I think mom could do better. Mom can do better. There are better looking guys her age, Courtney's age, his age. Chris, you have to know someone who knows someone who could hook you up with Idris Elba. I don't think Idris Elba has that low of standards. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Telling it like it is. But okay. But I mean, still, there are just so many other people. Ryan Seacrest has a whole Rolodex full of people who would date Kris Jenner. Uh, just a whole list of men whose wives he's stolen from. You know? I mean, just so yeah. many sad, lonely men 
and he could he could very easily give one of them any number of them Chris's number and they'd be down. Chris should really just be prowling all of the intermediate men's drama clubs in Los Angeles. Okay, Chris, I'm going to give you the URL of this website that I think you're really going to like. Get a pen get a pen and a piece of paper and I want you to write this down. It's www. OKCupid.com. That's O-K-C-U-P-I-D. You can sign up. It's totally free. We're going to get you love. That's my plan for Chris Jenner. That's what she needs. We're here for she- you, Chris. <laughs> Heartbroken, open an OKCupid account. I want to say she should go on Millionaire Matchmaker, but I also don't believe that show has ever been successful in the least. Ever. Ever. I remember when that fo- when that show first started and part of the like opening like credits, whatever voiceover was her, the lady saying like, I have a 99% success rate. And slowly as years went on, that went down to like 95, whatever, before they just like took it out entirely. <laughs> no more like, I have a really high success rate. Just like, I'm the millionaire ma- matchmaker. I loved that show back in the day. Damn. If only Chris could get in at that 99% success rate. But as it is, OkCupid is her best option if Ryan Seacrest is not taking her calls. Chris, have you ever heard of something called Grinder? If not, you should ask Corey about it. <laughs> I was going to say that is probably where she met Corey. Um, Yeah, and then we have Speaking of our favorite dudes um, Jonathan Cheapin Made a brief appearance In the same scene as Corey They are pairing them up as partners Corey needs to learn To feed off of Jonathan's energy And have an opinion About something Something, anything, I don't know But one thing I did notice About Jonathan in this scene the angle from which they filmed him <gasps> I was, gonna say. was so bad. It looked like he had, like, instead of cheekbones, like someone, like a doctor put, like, spoons under his eyes. Like, they just came so far out and curved inwards. And I was like, oh, my God, Jonathan, what did they do to you? Why are they filming you like this? Do we have any photographic evidence to even suggest that he doesn't have cheek implants and or fillers? Honestly, I've never seen any. I've never seen any pictures of him pre-Kim. I'm going to Google that right now, though. I feel like he did, like, a Talking Heads thing on a VH1 show. Like, I feel like by the time I saw him during Courtney and Kim Take Miami, I, like, kind of knew who he was already. So maybe... Maybe Google can help us out with this. Yeah, see, and I'm looking at pictures of him right now. Oh, my God. I just found a picture of him in high school maybe and he looks like a totally different person oh shit a completely different person so that might be the cover art this week yep i think i think you're right it might be too small but we can try we can try jonathan Um, and Corey just taken over this whole podcast from audio to art really truly truly the the actual stars of keeping up with the Kardashians. Jonathan Cheban and Corey Gamble. 
love it <laughs> yikes um but yeah this episode i don't know it was all right do you want to talk about um the end towards the end oh, when do. kim and chris and chloe or sorry chloe and kim go off on chris rightfully so let's talk about the progression leading up to this fight because it really started in the previous episode when chris revealed to chloe that she had been texting with lamar after chloe had really tried to expedite the divorce proceedings um and that continues into this episode after chloe has pretty much already said that that's weird and she doesn't like chris doing that um and it it culminates in chloe getting a phone call from lamar on a landline let's put that out there this happens on a landline which (laughs) chloe has for some reason and chloe finds out that chris has given lamar chloe's new number she changed her number specifically because i think she the implication is she wants all of the communication to go through um their respective attorneys um obviously we know lamar has been really mia for a while and communication's been on his terms really for the past two years um chloe gets upset rightfully so courtney is with her i believe i don't remember 100 percent. courtney's on chloe's side from the start right uh yes and then this when is when is courtney ever on chris's side true true if you go back to really early episodes chloe and courtney hate chris oh yeah (laughs) they've tempered that now for the sake of like their image but they hate chris yeah Um, no in those early seasons they like really deeply resented chris and then all of this culminates into really the highlight of this episode kim is on the phone with chloe in chris's kitchen and she puts chloe on speakerphone and chloe blows up at chris jenner and chris jenner before she blows up full like full-blown like going off on chris kim and chloe kind of talk shit about chris while forcing chris to listen (laughs) (laughs) which i loved but i'm sorry anyways continue um and chris jenner tries to mouth um to kim maybe just don't make such a big deal out of it and whispered audibly whispered that too flips out she flips (laughs) out in a way that we almost never see her um flip out towards chris jenner unless it's over something super trivial but she backs chloe 100 percent, and chloe ends the conversation by saying that she needs a break from her mother and honestly she's totally right yes because if chris cannot accept responsibility or even acknowledge how fucking weird her like reaching out to lamar is like she needs that space like chloe needs that space in order to like move on and it sucks that her own mom 
doesn't want to do anything she can or like everything she can to help her chris is the worst in this scene when she's trying to defend herself and she's like i'm just too kind-hearted he's like one of my own how could i bear not to respond to him i can't take it anymore i what i you want to know what i couldn't fucking take her telling Corey about this argument after while they're sharing drinks on her little deck patio thing and like literally saying like telling him like not even half the story just being like you know they just they were yelling at me you know and just of course you know I'm the worst and how about the part where you were talking to your daughter's ex-husband when she asked you not to and then gave him her phone number when she was specifically trying to take space from him what the fuck and one of one of the better moments in this argument is when um, I believe it's it might actually be after they've hung up. Maybe Chloe's still on the phone. I'm not 100 percent sure. But Chris is just like, I just don't have the full story. Like, how was I supposed to know when my daughter tells me not to mess with her marriage? And Kim, Kim is like, well, I don't know the full story either, but I trust Chloe's judgment about her marriage. Yeah, Kim that is was big for Kim. Kim was such a great sister in this episode. And she Kim, really Kim was. Has not always been a good sister. Just no. eight or so seasons ago, she was hitting Chloe with her purse. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, Kim really had Chloe's back in a big way, and I loved seeing that. Like my favorite moments on this show are when the sisters have each other's backs. And, like, remind us that they, like, have always been best friends. As weird as they are and probably insufferable, they've always had each other's backs. And that's the reason I started watching the show in the first place. So touching. So beautiful. (laughs) But I'm sure we're going to see this continue to play out over the course of the seasons. I definitely want to return to this Lamar thing. But I also want to draw a parallel to what's happening in Kylie's plotline. Because the whole kind of conflict is she's doing this appearance Chris is uncomfortable with it I don't know why Chris doesn't try harder to make her not do this appearance if she's uncomfortable with it Chris is her manager like she should have a little more clout right? than she's exactly. suggesting she has but the idea is Kylie's like oh it's fine whatever then she goes to the appearance and she does a talking head segment where she's like my mom was right this was like really crazy and overwhelming all of these people were drinking let's look at the fact that there is a huge fence up between her and the crowd and she is also like a full story above the whole crowd no one is near her this is probably not as crazy as any of their mall appearances way less physical than any of her book signings she's fine but this is like the chris jenner line and by and large people have to tow it from episode to episode which is why it's great to see Chloe break away from that. Yes, absolutely. Um, also, I wanna I wanna point out that at Kylie's birthday appearance, she didn't have to hug anyone. She didn't have to touch anyone. She literally just showed up for like ten minutes and threw cake at strangers. Yep, she did an so, outfit change. That was it. Uh, yeah, an outfit change for less than an hour long appearance wild 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this was really, I think, the worst thing Chris has done so far this this uh, this season. Um, it was just so over the line. Like, I am so proud of Chloe for establishing those boundaries because Chris is a fucking crazy person. Yeah, and historically, I think Chloe has really been the one to put Chris in her place. Chloe will, or Courtney will also do it, but in a more low key way. Um, mm-hmm. But Chloe is the one that will will tell Chris when she's fucked up, and I don't think we've seen that for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think it says about Chris that she d- just doesn't hear her this time around? I feel like normally she'll at least hear her a little bit. But in this instance, she's not hearing Chloe at all. She really does not think she did anything wrong. Well, I think it's kind of... I think she feels like her shtick is being attacked. Her, like, I'm a really involved, caring mother shtick. Which is Mm -hmm. not true unless you're talking about Kim. Um, (laughs) But I think she's, like, really attached to that. Um... And I think, obviously, like, we're kind of ramping up towards um, the the more recent events with Lamar. So I think that there's also an incentive from um, an editorial standpoint, standpoint to really build the conflict and the tension surrounding this plot line. Definitely. Um, how far do you think we are from the Lamar thing? So this should be around August. This is probably mid to late August. This is actually this should be about the same week as Kylie's birthday. So we should be about mid August. Um, obviously, we know from keeping up with the continuity continuity errors that this show is Frankensteined together from all timelines. But I think <laughs> as far as like progressing through um, identifiable events, we're about two months out. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I uh, I wonder if they're going to give that whole ordeal that went down in October, like, its own episode. Um, I would... I wouldn't maybe, think they would have enough material. I would probably guess that they're, they'll end up doing um, an episode kind of about the conflict leading up to the divorce maybe in like taking place in September and then cut to kind of text on screen acknowledge the details of what happened um, include some black and white clips from Chloe and Lamar and then the next episode would probably be set um, in the aftermath yeah yeah that would make sense for sure that's man basically what they did with um courtney and scott's breakup yeah i i like really don't think i've ever seen kim go off on chris like that like over like stupid shit yes but like over something that Mm -hmm. matters Mm -hmm. like that never i don't think we've ever seen her really go in on chris like that especially to be taking someone else's side while doing that that's pretty unusual definitely um which tells me that that was probably the most real thing we've seen on the show this season so far i honestly i do feel like the most like vulnerable and like raw shit we've seen in season 11 has all had to do with 
um, not necessarily Chloe and Lamar, but Chloe and Kim's relationship. Um, like, yeah. in light of how how Chloe's relationship is going, like the flashbacks to them talking about about um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lamar wanting to like make it work after Chloe was already done, and just like how emotional Kim clearly is for her sister. Yeah, you know, and we have to we have to remember that they were not close. Mm-hmm. Kim and Chloe were not close, and they've acknowledged that. So to see their relationship progress from. Kim swinging her purse at Chloe, Kim sending Chloe that wild ass text message when they were in New York where she was like, you're a little troll and you're jealous of me um, because Chloe woke him up um, to see them progress to this point where um, as much as Kim has this sort of Kris Jenner self-righteous edge, she really does genuinely want the best for Chloe and is really well, emotionally a- invested in her marriage. Definitely. And I think the other thing is that Kim hasn't really been in a real marriage before Kanye. Like, her marriages before this were not like Chloe and Lamar's. You know, like, I mean, even Chris said, like, she really did think that Chloe and Lamar were going to be forever. I think everyone did. Um, and yeah. I don't think Kim had that before Kanye. And so I think, like, seeing her sister go through losing someone who's so important to her is just made even more like awful because now Kim I think can really understand how that would feel um and really just feels for her sister whereas I think before she wouldn't have really understood she would have just been like dude like you just gotta let it go you know yeah yeah I do also want to point out the scene earlier where they're talking about um Chloe not speaking to Lamar and she says um that it's really that she can't like throw away that relationship or she can't just like um kind of cut Lamar off or that's hard and Mm -hmm. that's that is what Kim did with Chris Humphreys exactly Exactly. Um, but Kim is Kim is like nodding, like, oh yeah, totally, I get that. When like that but is, she's silent. I feel like MO. Chris is, or uh, Chris, I called her Chris. Whoops. Um, no, I feel like Kim's face during that conversation, when when Chloe's like, when you care about someone, you don't just like cut them out. I feel like her face, like, totally knows, like, she totally knows what Chloe is really saying, but is like, we're not talking about that right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not funny. Like, Chloe and Lamar's divorce is not funny at all. But to look at um, the anguish that Chloe's going through because she cares so deeply about Lamar versus how Kim went through her last divorce, the difference is so stark. Yeah, I, you know what I want? I want a room, huge room. 20 foot ceilings 30 foot ceilings right on two like two walls totally blank the other two walls that face each other i need two projectors the middle of the room showing at the same time the beginning of the kim chris divorce arc and the beginning of the the chloe lamar arc playing at the same time so you can just watch the differences. That's so beautiful. Between <laughs> you know what you know what I want. What do you want? I want an E special. Kardashian divorces a retrospective. Damn, that sounds like an idea that's gonna get your foot through the door in 2019. <laughs> 
<laughs> Call me Ryan Seacrest. I'm copywriting this right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Save that one for the reality show pitch podcast. Because that's a great idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the differences between those two, these two divorces is, like, very, very noticeable. It makes it makes Chloe's situation just so much more sad. Yeah, 100%. Anything, anything else from this episode stick out to you? I actually want to dig a little bit deeper into um, the timeline and the situation with Chloe and Lamar. Because if you notice during um, the Talking Heads segment, we see Chloe with her new lob. I also want to talk about the lob. Do we like the lob? First of all, explain this term lob to me. Lob? Long bob. Ew. Yeah. I hate... That sounds gross. I didn't make it up. It's a real thing. Lob. Interesting. But what do you think of um, Chloe's haircut? I'm trying to remember it, honestly. It's the haircut she has right now. <laughs> oh. But, like, from the talking head segment specifically? Yeah, she... We see our first glimpse of that haircut in a talking head segment in this episode. Got it. I thought it was a little bit too light. Yeah. I I feel like it did something weird to her face. Really? I think so. I feel like I'm used to seeing more volume um, kind mm-hmm. of in the back. Mm-hmm. And now, proportionally, it looks weird to me. Well, because she changed, kind of changed up the way she parts it, too, right? That's true. Okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm a fan of the lob. I think it looks good. I think it looks... Um, I don't know. I don't want to say like more mature in a way, that like is kind true. of in a way. That is I think, true. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think it makes her look older. I think it just makes her look more polished and less like I need to have long hair so I can curl it before I go to the club. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. I always like when Kim takes her extensions out and she has the lob. Oh, I love Kim's short hair. Yeah. I think it looks great. Um, I also actually really do like Kendall's hair in this episode. The, like, short, kind of lo- lob, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I liked... I feel like I also liked Kylie's hair when it was shorter. You know what I didn't like? What? I didn't like Kylie's weird slicked-back look in the Talking Head <gasps> segment yes. during her appearance. That was fucking nasty. I feel like everyone needs to stop doing the slicked back look. Kim can pull it off like 40% of the time, but no one else. Exactly. No one else. It just looks slimy and weird and like you just like crawled out of your mom's vagina or something. It's just like it looks fucked up. And it's you're basically giving yourself a mullet. Yeah. Why? What for? Fashion. (laughs) Whose fashion? Whose whose point of view is being reflected by this weird, weird, like, post-birth mullet look? I'm not a fan. Also, one thing we didn't talk about, this is way, way unrelated, Mm -hmm. but earlier when we were talking about Courtney and, and Justin Bieber possibly... Um, you know, mm-hmm, being involved mm-hmm. or whatever. Wasn't Kendall involved with Justin Bieber at some point? I don't think so. She was partying with him 
the other night like after he and Courtney were spotted together but I don't think there's ever been like a really substantiated rumor about them being together oh I remember not like super recently but a while back um, there are being rumors that Kendall was dating Justin Bieber. I feel like that's a rumor. I feel like that is like a rumor that is born out of someone in like a, a, a TMZ knockoff newsroom and they just have a <laughs> dartboard full of young celebrities and they're just throwing darts and seeing what sticks. You know what I mean? That's a very good point. Like that is anyone very could have compelling. come up with that and known that people would click it. Actually, do you want to hear my theory about Kendall? I 100% do. Okay. This is 100% unsubstantiated, but I was thinking there are 10 children in that family if you include all of Caitlin's kids. From I know her where this is marriages. going. You I 100% know where this is going. <laughs> Statistically, one of them has to be gay. I think it is Kendall. Do you really? I really do. Honestly, out of all of them, I would believe it. No one else no one else gives me gay vibes. And Kendall is weirdly secretive about her romantic life and she hangs out with Cara Delevingne. That's all I got. Okay, here's my question for you then. Dream Hollywood girlfriend for Kendall Jenner, oh if it were God. true, who would it be? There are a lot of options. There are so but many there's only options. one right answer. Oh God, where <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I have no idea. I just said that to freak you out. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, Ruby Rose is single now. Angel Hayes is single. Um, I do not ever want Cara Delevingne and Saint Vincent to break up, so they are ever. both off the table. Yes, I would be down to see her with Ruby Rose. I feel like Angel Hayes has already had her fill of famous white girl that's true with uh ireland baldwin who else is there carrie brown that would be weird i would not be into that at all because then that that puts her in like the saint vincent love quadrangle and she doesn't need to be there that's really true that's really really true i'm gonna oh Kristen stewart is maybe not with her girlfriend anymore okay here's the thing i don't get the Kristen stewart Thing. The appeal or the speculation? Any of it. Oh no, I get the specu. I, is it really speculation at this point? I no, get it's that. Not speculation. I I just don't get the appeal. I guess like I don't I don't know. I just I think she's so fucking boring. I get the appeal sometimes like there's some i sometimes have like revelatory moments with kristen stewart and then i see her from a different angle and i'm not into it you know (laughs) yeah okay i'm gonna spend some time on l chat and come back with a really good answer to this question next week what is l chat Welcome back to the K-Hole. We are still covering Season 11, Episode 5, but this is our fourth attempt to record this half of the episode. Um, Originally, we recorded this a few days ago, 
And then Ashley's computer had a really unfortunate malfunction. We lost her end of the audio. So we tried to record, re-record it today a few days later. That was going along okay for like seven minutes. Um, and then <laughs> the audio on Ashley's FaceTime feed just like cut out and I couldn't hear anything she was saying, which is a problem because this is supposed to be a conversation between two people. So we were like, well, got to do that again. So we tried for the third time to record this show. And um, excuse me while my dog sneezes in the background. Bless you. <laughs> oh, bless you. Okay, we get it. <laughs> this is all live, guys. <laughs> This is completely live. Anyway, so we tried for a third time to record, and then FaceTime failed. I don't know what happened, but here we are, a fourth time. We're not going to start over, even though my dog is sneezing in the background. <laughs> He's very small. He's very cute. You would forgive him, too. Um, but now we're back. We're better than ever. We have grown so much in the last five attempts to record this show. <laughs> and we're ready to listen for the first time to Ashley's explanation of what LChat is. This is the first time she's ever gone through this. I've never heard this before. I'm so excited to learn. Ashley, what is LChat? LChat is probably one of the worst things in the world. Just imagine... <laughs> imagine, like... Perez Hilton's like worst top 10 worst stories ever that he's ever covered and now reframe that so it is about lesbian celebrities and speculating whether celebrities are lesbians that is L chat in a nutshell it's a forum a lot of anonymous users on it we all know what happens with anonymity in the internet but the big the only benefit of L chat is literally no other outlet covers celebrity lesbian news and speculation um so take for instance angel hayes and um which baldwin was angel hayes? i'm so sorry my dog i don't think he's sneezing i think he's like hacking up the grass he was just eating in our backyard <laughs> it could be also a hairball Listen, guys, these are the types of things that you run into when you're recording something just in an apartment in San Francisco. Sometimes dogs cough up grass in the in the background. <laughs> Anyways, you were talking about one of the only benefits of LChat existing. Yes. So whereas um, <laughs> other outlets were reporting on Angel Hayes and Ireland Baldwin as just some gal pals hanging out, holding hands going to gender together l chat was like these are some these are some gays and they're hanging out doing gay stuff together um, <laughs> so the thing that was really hilarious about angel hayes and ireland baldwin was that they literally like bought a dog together like they got a dog that's like not something that you just do with friends it's so you know? wild though like if you start looking into like this stuff on the internet you'll see like Kirsten Stewart and her girlfriend like going on vacation together maybe living together you know doing shit together yeah. pretty much all the time and comments on the Daily Mail will be like 
they're just really good friends. Like, this is so insulting that you would, like... Check out these gal pals. <laughs> Not everything is gay, okay? <laughs> but point point being, um, <laughs> LChat has a topic dedicated to Kendall Jenner. And we will be covering that in a new segment coming next week called Gal Pal Digest, presented by LChat. See, I just had an idea... <laughs> that i wish we could do um can like the alternate name for the segment be not everything is gay yeah (laughs) (laughs) week to week it'll change (laughs) yeah exactly depending on like how gay kendall has been in that week (laughs) how convincing the l chat users are exactly oh that's a really that's a really good idea we should just like evaluate yes each week's yeah that's i like that um but to get back to the episode you had a really interesting question about chloe and lamar that situation unraveling on the show Mm -hmm. um and the nature of editing on the show do you want to give a little bit of context to people listening yeah let's see if i can nail this on the fifth try (laughs) (laughs) wait is this the fourth or the fifth try i honestly cannot remember i think got it okay i don't know we'll find out um we'll never know (laughs) (laughs) so um in one of the talking head segments we see chloe with her lob her long bob clavicle length haircut and we know that Chloe got that haircut a couple of weeks after Lamar's medical emergency. So we know that that talking head segment where Chloe is talking about her divorce from Lamar um, was filmed after Lamar's medical emergency. We will probably see more talking head segments from Chloe um, around that same timeline as the show progresses. Um, and now obviously, not obviously, the question kind of that this raises is how is the show you know the production team the kardashians themselves handling you know kind of gearing up for this event that played out in the public eye but is still a few months from you know being aired on the show in whatever capacity they choose to acknowledge it um previously we've seen some kind of creative suggestive editing on courtney and kim take my take new york uh you know The news of Kim's divorce was announced a few weeks before the show aired. Um, So the show kind of went from the epilogue to Kim's fairy fairy tale wedding to Kim's 72-day marriage from hell. And you can see (laughs) through the season that there's really no attempt to not make Chris Humphreys the villain. And there was even a scene, you might know what I'm talking about, when when Kim went to Dubai with Chris... And um, Kim gives an interview and someone says, oh, do you like being married? And then the show edits in this really long pregnant pause intercut with a talking head segment where where like Kim is like, I don't know what to say. But if you go back and watch the interview itself, separate from how it was presented on the show, there's no pause. <laughs> and there's also a scene where Chris and Kim are in an SUV and they're talking and Chris Kim is kind of saying that you know things aren't going well with her marriage to a man with the same name as her mother um (laughs) who would have thought who would have thought but you'll notice that um the windows of that suv are blacked out 
way beyond the American legal limit. I don't know what the legal limit was in Dubai, but, you know, the windows are totally black. You can't see outside. And both Kim and Chris were photographed leaving what speculated to be a filming studio in those outfits shortly before this episode <laughs> aired. So, idea being that scene was added in post-production to give more context for the divorce and kind of ramp up sort of Kim's defense of the divorce um, and sort of, uh, you know, make that storyline more cohesive. So the question kind of becomes, is that what we're seeing uh, with regards to Chloe and Lamar as the show moves towards Lamar's medical emergency? Um, there's been some speculation on ONTD that um, Talking Heads narrative was overlaid over Kylie's dinner to suggest that Chloe and Lamar's divorce was more of a topic of conversation at that time than it may have been. Um, so what do you think? Are we starting to see some suggestive editing? Do you think that this is maybe unfair to Lamar? Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't. I mean, like, is there even really a chance that it's not suggestive editing? I think, like, the question for me is like, who's calling the shots on this one? Yeah, that's right. Very like, true. Um, like, is it E? Is it Chris? Is it is it Chloe? Like, mm-hmm. who's calling the shots on this? Who's signing off on it? Um, I definitely have been noticing like those like the overlaid audio I don't know it's like 2015 I don't know why they haven't figured out how to like effectively reproduce sound that doesn't like sound as if it is like being recorded in a like professional booth yeah um I don't know (laughs) why that's still happening but like I've definitely been noticing a lot more of that um when they're talking about Lamar and like his relationship with Chloe um and I think just the fact that she's filming these talking head segments in the aftermath of Lamar's overdose um and talking about them as if they're like as if they just happened Mm -hmm. um and creating a very specific narrative it's like kind of slimy and really sad yeah you know Yeah, and I think that the show is being more sensitive to Lamar than it had been to Chris Humphreys for pretty obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, And there's, there's like, a part of me that's, like, well, it's Chloe's show, you know? This is... There are two sides to every story kind of naturally, and so her show is going to cover, you know, her perspective. But ultimately... But can you really say that when the other person involved doesn't have a show? Yeah, that's, like... that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Especially because I don't think that Lamar was in a place, you know, at this time in his life where he really could have, um, you know, been, you know, publicly talked about his side of the story. I, I just don't think that he was ready to do that um, mm-hmm. or had, you know, the proper outlet to do so. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, I, the differences between how they handled the Kim Chris divorce and how they're handling the, the Chloe Lamar divorce, I think boils down just to the fact that Chloe actually really genuinely does care about Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not to say that I don't, I don't think that Kim like didn't care about Chris at all, but I don't think 
It was she really not loved him. the same. Oh my god. Yeah, it was just not the same. What a goddamn mistake on Kim's part. Exactly, exactly. So, um, and you know, obviously there are like different factors involved in this relationship. But it does make me really, I don't know, uneasy to think about how simple it is for them to really just manipulate things that are actually happening Mm -hmm. and how quickly they do it just to like fit the brand you know yeah um and it makes sense but I feel like it's in terms of like Lamar's healing and his progress in life like that can't be helpful yeah you know yeah I and it's it's so strange to me because for so long um Chloe was really silent about her marriage. Um, you know, after they quit Chloe and Lamar, Lamar was not appearing on the show very much. You know, Chloe was not talking about her marriage. And I understand that, like, once their, you know, issues started to surface and Lamar's issues started to surface, it was necessary for her to talk about it and probably healthier. But the way it's, be- it's become a plot line over the past few months is, mm-hmm. is very different from how um, Chloe had been presenting the dissolution of her marriage over the past two yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it might have... Po- it, probably it's a situation where she didn't want to talk about it on the show and they weren't planning on it being this big thing. And then Lamar overdosed and they were like, well, we have to talk about it. Yeah. And... I mean, like, you know, like, in real life, like, things just happen, right? There's no, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, this happened, and then that happened, and then there was, like, a clear narrative structure that led up to this one really big thing in my life. Like, it, exactly. these, like things just happen. Exactly. They just happen. And so once he overdosed, it was, like, probably, okay, shit, well, we have to talk about this now. We can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And how do you pull, like, a narrative out of just someone's, like, daily life yeah um and obviously there is a show because they know how to do exactly that Mm -hmm. but I think it definitely comes at a cost yeah and I think we'll see that down the line absolutely and I just want to draw one more well two more comparisons to both Scott and his his relationship with Courtney and how that's portrayed on the show with Scott as like an active cast member um and Scott I think is on some level has to be okay with how he's portrayed on the show kind of as a villain um very Mm -hmm, often mm -hmm. but you know they get these shots of of scott in these really private moments where he's really struggling i'm really thinking about um you know the season in the hamptons and stuff like that and it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to watch but you also know that scott is an active participant um Mm -hmm. whereas with you know Kim's breakup with Reggie Bush he wasn't on the show a ton and when they did break up um they weren't talking about him a ton I think Kim did one talking head segment where she said that they were no longer longer together and that was it yeah and you also kind of had to Reggie must have been in a position we assume where he could say I I don't want to be on this show I'm not gonna appear on the show after the breakup and I don't want you to talk about me but it doesn't Well, I mean at that at that point too, they weren't really the machine they are now, That's right? True. They I mean they definitely had a lot of attention, um, but they weren't under the microscope that they are now with the same level of intensity. Right. And so I think then it was easier to keep things like that private. 
Absolutely. Whereas now it's impossible. It's impossible. There's nothing in their lives that can be private without tons and tons of coordinated effort on the part of like at least 30 people. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the but the point that I was kind of working towards is I feel like we can't know for sure that Lamar is fully consenting to how he's mm-hmm. appearing on the show right now because he is appearing on the show in phone calls to Chloe in his texts with Chris um mm-hmm. there has to be some degree of consent on his part and we just don't know if he's fully informed or really in a position where he can not can but like well, should be there, making those like, decisions do they i don't like this is like a, an actual question do they need his consent to show texts or to like indicate that he's calling or talk about him like period like is there do they need like him to sign forms for that i think or to give some form of consent for him to talk about for them to talk about him i think that they don't need consent the text message they probably don't need consent but i would think for him for to hear his voice on the show which you do sometimes when he's on the phone with chloe Mm -hmm. not all the time um I i i can't remember the last time we heard his voice during a phone call with with chloe i think there was a little bit a couple of episodes ago but then that even gets into you know a place where if they're only doing the one side of the conversation you can Mm -hmm. ask is lamar even on the phone is this phone call even Mm -hmm. real or i mean even if it is like does he know he's calling when cameras are around does he know yeah that he's texting chris like the night before she's gonna film i have no idea yeah i don't know like we just watching the show don't know whether or not he's given any type of consent to appear on the show at this point in his life yeah um which is wild and so hard (laughs) yeah and we you know we've seen from other people who've kind of had their separations from the family that they've been able to make those choices scott reggie you know caitlin when she moved out to malibu um Mm -hmm. and those decisions were all felt so controlled by the person involved Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like Mm -hmm, caitlin's mm -hmm. whole move to malibu was very choreographed um and i we just don't get that vibe from lamar yep definitely that's tough well um i guess this (laughs) is as good a point as any um do you have any like stray thoughts about the episode before we head into power rankings um i do want to bring our attention to one utterance that i don't want to talk about but we have to talk about do you know what i'm talking about i am not sure i don't know what what are you talking about i just i don't want to say that this is a favorite moment because it's not but i think oh i do know what you're gonna say (laughs) to take a moment to acknowledge that Corey gram cory gamble makes a grandpa joke in this episode yep chloe is not feeling well she's you know a little nauseous and cory gamble says maybe i'ma have another grandkid cory you're not a grandpa you don't have grandkids, let alone another grandkid. You're alone in this world. Back the fuck up. 
Yeah, he's I that was so like all of his shit about like gonna have another grandkid, not my poor baby, the little kids, the big kids, the big kids, what kids? You're like there's like a three year age difference there. He's, it was so creepy. He's younger than Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> God, so weird. But I just like he must have thought of that so long ago and he was holding on for the right moment <laughs> to make that grandpa joke. Yeah, just and his whole just presence plan. in this episode was so uncomfortable. <laughs> And you know what? It tells me that we've got maybe a, a few more good years left in this show. Because were this show still a priority to Kris Jenner, she would have found a way more skillful skillful actor of a fake boyfriend. She would have put a lot more time and energy into selecting the man to play her boyfriend, her young, hot love interest. She would not have hired third-rate improv coach in Tulsa, <laughs> Corey Gamble. <laughs> I think we should really remember, as we're talking about Chris hiring actors to play love interests, that in Courtney, no, Chloe, Courtney and Chloe take Miami, that Miami season, that original season where Courtney has, like, broken up with Scott, um, mm-hmm. Flocka from Orange is the New Black is Courtney's love interest for one episode. Yeah. She's, what's, wait, what's her name? What's the actress's name? Jackie. Jackie? Uh, do you remember the, like, Talking head segment where Courtney is like, yeah, my friend Jackie is just, like, so crazy. Like, you just go out with her and, like, you know anything can happen. And then you're like, ooh, what's going to happen? Are they going to make out? And then they make out. They do. And it was iconic. And never see Jackie again. <laughs> ever. Ever. <laughs> like, no one no one even brings it up. Like, it's been so long, and Chloe's never like, oh, yeah, Courtney, like, what happened to you, like, maybe wanting to date women? <laughs> oh, boy. Where is oh, her boy. L-chat topic? Right? Seriously, though. okay um so power rankings we've got we've got some good ones this week um do you want to start us off who's at the top of the list we're gonna start with chloe getting her groove back going to mexico hanging out with some lions being much braver (laughs) than Corey gamble moving forward (laughs) with the divorce and telling chris jenner to get out of chloe's goddamn business Chloe is being setting boundaries so real in this episode and she is so powerful. Love her. Uh, coming in after Chloe, we've got Kim. She's there doing her thing. Pregnant as hell, as always. Super powerful, super beautiful, supporting Chloe in a big way, being a rock star sister. It's amazing. She's at number two. Only reason she's not in the number one spot this week is because of the fact that Chloe really, really came into her own this week. Yeah. But had, listen, Kim. Had Kim gone into a cage with tigers, we could have put them at a tie. Exactly, exactly. But um, Kim is a smart lady. She would never endanger her unborn child like that. Exactly. <laughs> um, Who do we have after Kim? 
coming in under Kim this week is Courtney, and I can't remember what she did. <laughs> well, luckily for you, I do remember. Courtney is here just by default because she's just there, oh, but right. also kind of like bossing Chris around and reminding her to get on birth control if she's having unprotected sex and having periods. There we go. Which we, we then go. learned was a big fucking scam. <laughs> Because Chris is not producing eggs. A a very, very simple fact she forgot so conveniently to bring up to her daughter, Courtney. Anyways, who do we got after Courtney? After Courtney, we have Kendall. Um, She is putting in her time this week. She is getting her paycheck. She is really carrying all of her scenes with Corey Gamble and not doing much else. That's it. Yeah. Kind of boring, but there. Then we've got Kylie in this episode. She's just being annoying as fuck. As always. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) She's towing the line. She's doing the talking head segment where she's like, you know what? My mom was right. Your mom was not right. (laughs) We can all see that. (laughs) You were so far removed from any rowdiness. You were the one throwing cake at live human beings. You were the one who was out of control. Um, After Kylie, we have Corey. He's being weird in this episode, but not evil. So, you know, just normal. Third to last. Um, Coming in under Corey Gamble, we have Jonathan. Jonathan, just trying to get that screen time, trying to get maybe a SAG card. I, I don't know what he's up to these days. Um, but he's defending Kim in his usual way. <laughs> As in most most things he does in life, Jonathan comes in kind of last, not really, but basically. Um, but after him, we've got Chris. She's there. She's being a terrible fucking person, really like violating some serious boundaries with her adult daughter slash adult children. Um, and just being terrible. Just the worst. So there you are. Those were the power rankings. Actually, I do have one surprise power ranking. Oh my god. That just came to me. Yes. Um, and this one's going to be way at the bottom of the list. And it's um, it, she wasn't in this episode. But I feel she deserves some recognition. Now, a few years later, Who after having it? been used by the Kardashian machine. It is Jackie, <laughs> a.k.a. Flocka from Orange is the New Black. You tried it, didn't get you nothing, but hey, you made it anyways. <laughs> nice. Actually, we haven't forgotten you, Jackie. Yes. Actually, I want to pose a quick question to you about the power rankings. What's up? Do you think Chris Jenner could ever be at the top of the list while fully embodying her evil self? Listen, here's the thing. I'm not one to say anything is impossible because I've read The Secret, but I will say highly unlikely. I just just think it's interesting because we basically took this from Grantland um, and they did rankings for Mad Men and Breaking Bad. And for Mad Men and Breaking Bad, they always had Don Draper and Walter White at the top. Um... Is Chris our anti-hero villain? 
I want to say no because as much as the show tries to present this narrative that makes Chris sympathetic, no one, no one's buying it. All of her attempts to like get the audience on her side are really pathetic. Yeah, I agree. I think, but that's why also I feel like I don't see. I don't think she is the show's antihero. I think she like. I think Chris is structuring the show so she is the heroic matriarch, right? Mm -hmm. But she forgot about her personality and the way she treats people. So she's actually behaving more like an anti-hero, but she lacks whatever it is that makes people like the anti-heroes, like, Mm -hmm. you know, a penis. Um, So I just, I don't know. I don't really think she's an anti-hero. Yeah. I think she's just an evil fucking villain. Yeah. And she, the thing is, she tries to exert so much power, and we talk about her shaping the show so much, but she always comes out on bottom. Because I think that no matter how much Chris tries, she is just not as compelling as her children. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? Mm -hmm. Interesting. We should keep an eye on this as the the season progresses. (laughs) Where does where does Chris come out on top, or way at the bottom? Maybe we'll find day. out. All right. Maybe one day. Let's talk about some um, moments. Yes, I would love to talk about some moments. What was your favorite moment? My favorite moment was blink and you'll miss it. The reappearance of Gabbana. If you've never yes. googled Kardashian pets, do it now. We don't know what <laughs> happened to most of them. We don't know where they are. <laughs> Gabbana started out with a friend named Dolce. You can see Dolce in season one. What happened to Dolce? We don't know. But Gabbana reappeared this episode to let us know that she is alive and well. What she does for most of the season is beyond us. But really I glad have to, to say, know she's doing okay. I didn't even realize that that was Gabbana. I like wasn't paying close enough attention until you you mentioned like brought it up. I thought that was just some random ass dog Chloe had, and I was like, I was like, wow, Chloe. Re- I really didn't think Chloe was the type to like adopt a, an old black lab, but now I see she didn't. She just rescued the poor thing from her <laughs> from her mother's house, um, from whatever shack Chris has been hiding that dog in. Um, so while you were saying, while you were talking about Gabbana's reappearance, I did something, and it, that thing was, I, I went, yes. Which instantly took me back to one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And I kind of want to tell you this story. (laughs) So let me set the scene. All right. This is, oh God, what grade was it? This is eighth grade. Eighth grade in California. I'm a student sitting in U.S. history class. First class of the morning every day. I'm sitting next to this dude. I don't even remember his name, but this dude sat next to me in history. We'd talk from time to time. And I was secretly really into history, which is hilarious because then I ended up becoming a history major in college. Not that funny. That's just anyways. So I'm sitting in history class and we like finish whatever unit we were on. I don't know what it might have been this like really fucked up unit we had on immigration um, in which we had an Ellis Island simulation and one of the the character like everyone's assigned like an immigrant character to play and like some people are assigned the like 
immigration people who oh like God. check you off and let you into the country and they're allowed to just not let you in for no reason and so everyone else gets a character to play and one of them is a secret prostitute and my character was pregnant so everyone thought I was the prostitute and I couldn't get into the country and then if you were denied entry into the United States for the rest of the day you had to sit in like a little pen or something in the library <laughs> my teacher was Italian and she loved Columbus um anyways that wasn't the story I was gonna tell <laughs> the story I was gonna tell is we wrapped up I think that unit and we moved on to World War One. Mm-hmm. at this point in my life I was very into reading about World War One. I was reading about it all the time secretly in my room, <laughs> never in public. And my uh, teacher goes, okay, now it's time for our next unit. And it, every unit was a surprise because we didn't have like a syllabus thing or whatever. So she like turns to the, or like flips to the next slide on the projector and it says World War One. And I could not contain my excitement. And they go, yes. <laughs> and so the boy who sits next to me, <laughs> turns to me. And he says, like, with, like, just stares at me like I'm a freak. And he goes, like, you really into World War One or something? <laughs> and I could not face the humiliation of saying, yeah, yeah, I am. So I, instead, I said the first thing that came to mind. And I go, no, I'm not. I just remembered that I got an A on a test. So my grandpa is giving me $5. And I remembered that right when she, she changed the slide. <laughs> and he was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> that was the story I was going to tell. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> do you think do you think like Corey Gamble like gives his grandkids $5? Do <laughs> you think he gives them like candy? Do you think he comes over to Courtney's house with like a pocket full of candy? Do you think he like picks up Penelope and North from ballet class and is like, hey kids, grandpa's going to take you to get some ice cream. Let's get in the truck. (laughs) (laughs) First day he did that, Penelope was like, who's this dude? And North was like, I don't know, but he's going to buy us free ice cream. Don't ruin this. North's already a businesswoman. <laughs> Anyways, so my favorite moment of the show. Um, it is at the very top of the scene in Chloe's house when they when she is yelling at Chris on the phone for giving her her landline number to Lamar. And um, it's before we even see like the inside of the house. It's like the exterior shot. And you hear Courtney ask her sisters, Chloe and Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Does, <laughs> can I say this without breaking down I don't know um, she asks them anybody want to go to bible study <laughs> which is my favorite because she wasn't making a joke at first I totally thought that it was a joke that she was like just being like you know so funny funny Courtney and then Kim was like I don't know and I realized, oh, my God, I totally forgot that they're actually, like, a religious family and they p- maybe do go to Bible study. And then I was like, I love this moment forever. Have you forgotten when they used to say Bible every other sentence? <laughs> How could I forget? Silly me. 
Um, but anyways, so there's that. That's my favorite moment. Um, any uh, anything you want to plug? I want to plug so many things. <laughs> um, Twin Peaks. Ashley does like twelve podcasts. <laughs> Two, three. <laughs> um, Twin Peaks. Peaks. We're in the home stretch right now. Um, it's getting bleak. It's getting weird. <laughs> Please listen. The show, Please not comment. the podcast. <laughs> well, the podcast is getting weird as the show gets more bleak. Um, coming up real soon, we are going to be talking about Twin Peaks astrology. <laughs> so there's a lot to look forward to. There is. Um, and we will be talking about the revival as news comes out and when the revival eventually comes out. I also do... That that podcast is called Twin Peaks Peaks, and I also do another podcast called Yeah, I've Seen That with Sandra Deanda, and we're going to be talking about um, Room, a 2015 film directed by Lenny Abrahamson, not the 2003 movie The Room, directed by Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> that is a different future episode. <laughs> um, and Good you, to know. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. What about you? Awesome. What do you have to plug? Um, I have nothing to plug other than come see me working every day, setting sales meetings, getting into really awkward conversations about money with CEOs who I've never met. It's really funny. You'll laugh. I'll probably cry as I struggle to uh, to hit a sales development quota in de- the month of December. Um, or... If you're more into reading tweets about me G-chatting my work crush, follow me on Twitter at Taygrand. That's it. That's all I got. Any advice? I think Any advice for when you are for when you are G-chatting your work crush? I think you should do like a found audio podcast of just like you at work. That would actually be hilarious. It'd be a lot like, "Hi, is this Steve? Hey, Steve, this is Taylor from the company I work at. How's it going? Sent you like five emails. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That'll be the whole thing. Love it. All right. Look forward to that coming out in 2016. <laughs> awesome. But you Anyways. are you are coming to Portland in like less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. Yeah, I'm so pumped. We're going to record some stuff while we're up there. I guess that's the other shit that we should we should plug. Yeah. We're going to um, do a couple one-off episodes that maybe will become regular podcasts at some point in our lives. Um, some uh, reality show pitch stuff. A bunch of, bunch of fun content no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but until then, Ashley. Until then, don't be fucking rude. <laughs>